0: On today's episode, SpaceX Starship test flight explodes but hot staging worked. What is hot staging anyway? Today's episode is brought to you by Engineering.com, a globally trusted source for engineering content. Check out this and many other exclusive videos for The Engineering Professional found only on Engineering.com TV today. The recent second test flight of SpaceX gigantic Starship space launch system experienced, like the first flight, what the company describes as a rapid, unscheduled disassembly. Incredible views of our super heavy booster. And as you can see, the super heavy booster has just experienced a rapid unscheduled disassembly. However- Now in the second flight, both the booster and Starship spacecraft exploded independently and as a result, neither stage achieved the primary mission objective of a controlled water landing. There were some positives, however. The redesigned launch stand worked well and the booster engines operated well right through hot staging, a change in staging procedure compared to the first flight. Now we've all seen the familiar images from Apollo missions of the first stage dropping away, then the interstage adapter, followed by ignition of second stage engines. There are similar films from the second stage looking upward, as the third stage departs under the power of three small Ullage rockets before its J-2 engine ignites. Now Ullage is an old brewer's term, describing the amount of empty space inside a full barrel of beer. And in the rocket business, it refers to the empty space in a propellant or oxidizer tank. With space launch systems consuming literally tons of propellant per minute, the liquid levels in these tanks drop rapidly, and the empty space is backfilled by pressurized helium to prevent the stage from collapsing and to help settle the propellants. Now, at launch, gravity keeps the liquids at the bottom of the tanks, and when the pre-valves and valves open, gravity feeds the inlet side of the turbopumps. For the first stage, that's fine, since thrust produces the necessary positive G to keep the propellant where it needs to be. For upper stages, however, it's a little more complicated. At booster engine cutoff, acceleration of the stack goes to zero, and upper stages are in freefall. This means that the propellants are free to float around inside the tank, creating a very real possibility that at turbopump startup, the pumps will gulp a slug of helium gas, or a froth of helium bubbles entrained in the liquids. Now, if you're an engineer who works in the pump industry, you know what happens when the impeller encounters a gas instead of a liquid. It overspeeds. In the case of a rocket engine, it can overspeed itself into catastrophic failure in a matter of seconds, and this was a major reliability issue with early launch vehicles. To get the propellant settled at the bottom of the tank, small solid fuel rockets, called logically ullage rockets, were fired before upper stage engine ignition, a process which had the added benefit of pushing upper stages away from the tank dome of the lower stage for added safety. Hot staging eliminates the need for sophisticated sequencers and ullage rockets by simply igniting the upper stages while the lower stages are still thrusting, ensuring that the entire stack operates under positive G throughout the climb to orbit. Now when you're discarding the boosters, it's relatively easy, since the lower stages are going to plunge into the ocean anyway, but SpaceX reuses boosters, which are programmed to pitch over and fly away from the Starship immediately after its engines ignite. Now there are all kinds of ways that this can go catastrophically wrong, but in the case of the recent test, hot staging paradoxically appeared to operate perfectly. So why did both the upper and lower stage explode? that remains to be seen, but from an engineering perspective, one thing that's interesting about the way SpaceX is developing the Starship launch system is that there doesn't appear to be a standard configuration, at least not yet. Staging methods and flight profiles are going to have to be standardized at some point, and then a test mission flown more or less flawlessly. The last time a rocket of anything like this size was crew rated was the Apollo Saturn V system in the late 60s, which was tested in Apollo 4 and 6 before a crew was committed on Apollo 8. Now, Apollo 8 was considered a high-risk mission, and it was, but unlike the Apollo program, SpaceX has time on their side. With regular Falcon firings paying the bills and no deadline like the one set by President Kennedy, they can be patient and minimize risk. But with two catastrophic failures, the pressure to execute well on the third test is going to be enormous. This test made it to space before exploding, but NASA never lost a Saturn V, and that vehicle integrated three stages built by different contractors all built by engineers working with slide rules and with less computing power than your smartphone. The third time for SpaceX really needs to be the charm. Well, that's it for today's audio version of End of the Line, brought to you by engineering.com. If you like this podcast, subscribe to engineering.com to get personalized story recommendations, follow topics you care about, and participate with the global engineering community. You can also watch this podcast as a video along with our other exclusive series only on engineering.com TV. Thanks for tuning in.